0: You can do Wait, this at do you home. you totally You think that's funny, Pebbles? Johnny, what? You gave
1: us names. You don't think? So now you're the face of the Fantastic Four?
0: A face that's about to be broken. Look, this isn't permanent, Johnny. We need to be careful until we're normal again. What if I don't want to be normal? I didn't turn into a monster. from the start let's see bring it burn out you two need a timeout. blockade he started it i don't care damn it johnny ben wait what you need to control yourself and think before you act yeah but see that's your problem you always think you never act What if we got these powers for a reason? What if it's like some higher calling? A higher calling like getting girls and making money? Is there any higher? You know what, Reed? This is who we are. Accept it. Or better yet, enjoy it.
1: Wait, Ben! Slow down. He didn't mean it. You know Johnny. He's always been a hothead. It ain't him. It's them! can't live like this. Just give Reed a little more time. You know how he works, analyzing every little step before he takes one. Well,
0: it's easy for you to be patient.
1: No, it's not.
0: I thought I was done waiting for Reed, but I... We're all in this together, Ben.
1: Together? Susie, look at me. You got no idea what I... What I'd give to be invisible.
0: Welcome to the Superhero Cinephiles Podcast. I'm your host, Perry Constantine, and welcoming back uh, returning guests for yet another double feature, and that is Kellen Conley. Kel, how you doing today? What up, though, Perry? How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. Um, So before we jump into the movie, one thing I've thought about talking about on this show uh, lately is just kind of talking about any things, not necessarily specifically related to superheroes, but any sort of media or, you know, comics or books or... Movies, TV shows, anything we're consuming right now that we're really into. So what have you been watching? What have you been reading these days?
1: I, I actually, I had a friend give me access to his Marvel Unlimited. And instead, of, I actually have been reading some of the recent Spider-Man issues because I fell off. Amazing Spider-Man fell off the series like in the middle of one of a um, brand new day years yeah. ago. And like I kind of was around for Superior Spider-Man, but that's it. So I'm actually reading where Ben Raleigh came back and like was uh Spider-Man essentially, like they had the trademark and everything. Oh, the like beyond that.
0: the beyond stuff, right? Beyond, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: I'm like part I think I'm two parts into that and I'm really enjoying that. I've read the entire Ben Raleigh Scarlet Spider series and it ended really
0: whew, <laughs> yeah, just not
1: ready for that that landing. Um, as far as TV goes, I just finished Better Call Saul when it, it wrapped its whole series finale. So that that was incredible. What mm-hmm. an incredible run they had! And of course, um, I'm still pretty um, geeked up about Stranger Things four. I haven't watched it in over a month, but I was very happy with uh, how that series progressed. Yeah. And like that.
0: Um, yeah. I, I I think I'm two trades into the the Spider Man Beyond stuff myself. So I've been keeping okay. up with those. Uh, but yeah, that's good stuff. I've been in, I like that Ben's finally coming around again. Like as much as I love Peter David, that that Scarlet mm-hmm. Spider run didn't really oh. do it for me.
1: Oh man. Like I, I keep debating if I want to do something on the pod about it. Cause it's like, it's <laughs> it's not worth it. Cause when I first heard about Ben coming back, I was like, I was like, all right, how are they going to do this? And then I was like, I kind of realized he was like the Jackal and blah, blah, blah. And mm. this is like his redemption story. And it, the story started off really awkwardly. He, he stuck the landing in the middle and it's like, okay, I, this is going someplace. And then the ending was just kind of like, I feel like they're like, we're going to cancel the book. He's like, okay, deal with this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It, it was weird because for like, there's like a good decade when Marvel kept teasing us with the Scarlet Spider. So it's oh, first like, got. we got, we're having the Scarlet Spider come back, but it, it's Kane. It's not Ben. Yes. <laughs> it's like, we're having Ben come back. But now he's like kind of evil. So <laughs> right. He's doing
1: the same thing the Jackal wanted to do mm. back in 1995. Yeah. Um, and then sadly I decided tonight I was gonna read. <laughs> I, I blame Paul Herman for this because he he was doing his podcast on YouTube last night, and they were all talking about maximum clonage alpha, maximum clonage omega, which I've never read. <laughs> so Alpha's okay. I, I agree with my with my man Spidey Dude. It, it, it's okay. But Clonage is drawn, or Omega is drawn so badly, Perry. <laughs> Their the story yeah. is so
0: stupid. There's, uh, um, they had released uh, a few years back. They had released a full. There's like a full set. There's it's something like four or five, maybe even six trades of like the entire mm-hmm. Clone Saga. Yeah, they I have had- a
1: couple back here.
0: Yeah, and they had them on sale on Comixology a while back. So I bought the whole thing. Like they were like, you know, five bucks a pop or something like that. Oh, that's
1: not bad at all though. So
0: yeah, so I bought the whole thing and I read it all the way from start to finish. And it's my first time just sitting down and reading the whole clone saga from start to finish. And <sighs> and and well, <laughs> I had two thoughts of it. First off, it's not as bad as everyone remembers it. No, like, there's there's some no, really good not. stuff in there. Second thought was god damn this thing is way too long
1: yeah yeah and the problem is and I, I don't know if you ever read any of the behind the scenes stuff that came oh out, yeah like the of Riley. Riley, yeah yeah um i mean they kept saying how they just kept tagging stuff on because the books were selling like hotcakes mm-hmm. between they had the spider man group and the x-men group and marvel's making all this money hand over fist and the next thing you know they're going bankrupt and they're like we're still stuck with this story guys yeah. and, they had like six different ending points. And first it was going to be when May died. And then it was going to be after maximum clonage. And then, and it, they drug it all the way out for three years. So th- there was a lot of good ideas in there. There was a mm. lot of cool moments, but it just got too convoluted. And eventually they had to put, put, figure out a way to cap it. And somehow in retrospect, because I know a lot of people when it happened at the time was like, there's no way Nor- Norman Osborn being the reason it all happened mm. kind of worked out. It, yeah, so,
0: yeah, kind of.
1: <laughs> it, it was still a lot.
0: It, it, it's it's still messy, but it, it mostly mm-hmm. came together and you know had some something of a resolution. Um, and it, you know, like you were saying with um, one more day, it does hold up better than one more day. So there's that. Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course. Um, of course. <laughs> but what i've been into uh i just finished lovecraft country so i finally got got nice. to that and um, i've heard
1: great things about it I, I was told to watch it and then it got canceled and then i was like oh man well i don't know if i want to start it but i've heard it's an amazing show.
0: it's good to watch and it actually is pretty self-contained so okay uh it's not like it ends on a cliffhanger or anything like it actually has a pretty uh decent ending um gotcha. because mostly it it was the whole first season uh was based on the book and it's only one book they only just recently came out with the sequel to that book so okay so season two was just going to be something like completely new and original so that
1: they would have to come up with on their own yeah yeah okay. and
0: they had started to work on it when it got canceled uh they started writing it when it got canceled but uh but i will say it's pretty good um one thing is episode eight there's a Oh, God, these the fucking creepiest little girls you've ever seen. (laughs) It's just like every time they came on screen, like I just got chills. It was so, so well done. It just like so creepy. Um, But also, I've been reading, and I think you'll especially appreciate this. I've, um, uh, I'm I'm getting into deep into the um, the IDW uh, TMNT series.
1: Oh, my gosh. I'm pretty sure I've said this before, Perry, but like when I first discovered fan fiction, I discovered. Mm marvel 2000 and saw you were writing in Ninja turtles that was one of the first things i gravitated towards way back in the day so that that series is incredible man i'm actually reading last ronin right now um i think i'm two or three issues deep in that and it's very it's very cool to kind of have eastman and Laird back together on that Mm. but they've done a lot of they finally legitimized the um the turtles comics. Cause for a year there was Archie's and then not to say anything about the original Mirage run, but I mean, the Mirage run didn't really last as long as we think. And then plus right. they went to different creators and they, then it blew up. And so they only ended up doing like what 90 some issues of the first Mirage run. Maybe and less they, actually, I think. Yeah. And they tried to do a couple of restarts here and there over, to, over the nineties and an Archie series was its own thing. And then. The, and,
0: they, and then image and I, got the rights for a time too. Yeah. If they were doing like continuation oh,
1: yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the image comics. So I, I- idw finally did it right and mm. and i i love those books like that that is the continuation of what i would like to see the turtles be all this time so yeah I, they're definitely doing it right
0: um i had i i got off to a bit of a rocky start with me because it had kind of the same starting point as the as the michael bay films mm-hmm. with like April <laughs> naming them as pets and everything like that yes. and yeah. and the whole reincarnation aspect was a little bit weird to me i'm just like really do we need this but it like so i was skeptical of that stuff going into it but i it it won me over really quickly and i think i'm on i'm like in the 60s is like where oh, nice. I'm at right now in the book that's what's up um, um i i miss well
1: not even mistakenly i read scooby-doo apocalypse somehow i know it's not exactly related but it mm-hmm. was another cartoon series that got turned into this zombie apocalypse comic book and the first Graphic novel was enough to keep me hooked throughout the rest of the series. So, so I can understand not not loving a concept at first and then just kind of being like, obviously you like it way more than me. Mm. But with Scooby, I was like, I got to see how this ends
0: at least. So. Well, I mean, it was the same thing with um, you invented Superior Spider-Man before. I had a similar mm. thing with that, right? Like really, and you know, the Ben, uh, the the Kane Scarlet Spider too. I was really skeptical of that going in too, just because yeah. you know I love Ben so much. Um and then with Superior Spider-Man, just like all the, you know, all the stuff surrounding that. And then I read them like, damn, these are actually really freaking good.
1: It is it's it is heralded as uh slot's best stuff throughout like the whole run. So Oh yeah, definitely.
0: I think and yeah, I think so. Who who
1: knew that Ock would be a better Peter than Peter? Man, it's crazy <laughs> to me. It's it's still crazy.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, but today we are talking about, uh, so we're doing uh, another double feature like we usually do when you come on, and uh, you chose to do the Tim Story Fantastic Four uh, movie, so this episode we'll be talking about uh, 2005's Fantastic Four, and then the next episode, which we're recording back to back here, but you guys will be hearing Mm -hmm. a a week later. We're yes. gonna be doing 2007's uh, sequel, Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer. Silver Surfer, yes, sir. Uh, yes, so let's sir. let's uh, first start with uh, some background. Okay, are, are you a big FF guy in the comics to begin with?
1: I am. I, I FF is probably my favorite team book ever. Honestly, as oh, much okay. as I've enjoyed the X Men over the years, and and Avengers, and and Justice League, and even Teen Titans, mm-hmm. and when it came to Tim Drake and stuff like that. I, I gravitated to the fantastic four. And when I was a kid, it was always like, Oh, the human torch can, he's, turn, he's a flying torch. It's so cool. But now as of like in the last 10 years or so, mm-hmm. I just love Ben Grimm, man. Mm-hmm. I, I can relate to the struggle so much and, and to be, it's a gift and a curse. Cause he's, he's like the second most powerful superhero in the unit in the Marvel universe for the most part mm-hmm. next to Hulk. Um, I mean, nobody wants to mess with him. He he exudes conf, exudes confidence and coolness, and the same time he's stuck in this rocky orange hide. Yeah, <laughs> and, and he hates it. And he was just he was just a dude from around the way on Yancey Street, man. And he just happened to be best friends with Reed Richards. So I, I love that. Um, Reed and Sue never never was there for so much for their romance or anything mm-hmm. like that. I was like, yeah, Reed and Sue's together, okay. Um, the more that uh not even stan once stan got away from her and stopped letting her be read, darling i'm so helpless <laughs> and she got to actually do cool stuff like during john burns run and stuff like that and they really elevated her from being an invisible girl to an invisible woman i don't remember if i was during stan's run or not but i think it might have re- been
0: burns run but i'm not 100 yeah, certain on that
1: yeah because she was an invisible uh, girl forever
0: yeah yeah
1: once uh, she kind of started coming into her own and they really started to opening up her powers and stuff instead of just being like i turned invisible i'm gonna trip you Mm -hmm. (laughs) because you can't see me they they found new ways to use her and of course with the introduction of franklin and then and then her being a mom and and valeria and stuff it's like oh it's like now now the the mommy genes are kicking in so you really don't want to f with sue Sue storm Mm -hmm. sue Sue, storm richards and and then johnny man (laughs) johnny's everything that any teenager wants to be of Mm -hmm. course uh super cool gets all the girls can fly around the city he's a, literally a human torch he's a little bit of a hothead he's best friends with my guy spider-man mm-hmm. so so what more could i ask for there but then at the same time in recent years obviously in the comic books he, he died he had to come back from that which is crazy um nobody thought that he ever would kill off human torch of all people mm-hmm. and i'm not as up to date on the current run like last time i really wrote ff <clears> was truly when um, Mark Mark Wade was writing the books, and that oh, was oh okay, that was a, years yep.
0: ago. Yeah, that was a while back.
1: Yeah, so that was the last time I was really keeping up with them. I know that there's been some cool stuff with Jonathan Hickman and that he's done that I really want to catch up on, especially because of how impressed I was with Hickman on his X Men run mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. So I do plan on catching up but I, I just always loved the family dynamic I love the Baxter building and, and Reed's Reed Reed and let's not leave Reed out Reed is uh-huh. like one of the biggest brains in the Marvel Universe but Reed is also one of the biggest a-holes in the Marvel Universe because he doesn't <laughs> realize how he, he's clueless He he's so smart but he has no like he he's getting better obviously over the course of his 60 years he's been around but I mean at first he was just so book smart he was just he had no street smarts at all so he's like sue why are you getting mad at me because i spent four days in my lab and she's like bro i'm over here like you know laying across this couch imposing <laughs> provocatively and you're over here playing with your isotopes we like what's going on reed but the the family dynamic of it all the way they bicker mm-hmm. and fight Johnny and ben which the movies they really well they, they did really did. well yeah um it, it just always worked for me and they had the coolest villain so cool that he's brought for every little thing in the Marvel comic books mm-hmm. whenever they need need a, we need somebody to do something. And he has his ultimate plan. Let's get Victor Von doom. <laughs> it, like, there's so many things that was done right with this series. And it, it's honestly just so timeless that that's why it's been so difficult to capture in, on film. I think. Yeah. So I love the FF.
0: So this is, this is a, this is news to me. Cause I've, I've always associated you with like Spider-Man, uh, yeah. Tim Drake, like you mentioned, uh, the turtles. I never really knew you were such a big FF guy.
1: They're they're probably my 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 hidden property, so to speak, because mm-hmm. like it like my first comic books. I think I remember. It. I don't remember what the issue was. Maybe it was like in the three hundreds of FF. It was Diablo, the Master of Alchemy, mm-hmm. and he had essentially he made the elementals. I want to say, don't quote me, but essentially he fought. He had brought on these elementals who had powers to counteract all the FF and um 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 shoot who was the other miss marvel what was her name oh uh
0: Sharon. yeah sharon something i can't remember her last name
1: yeah sharon when she was she thing she -hmm. was a part of the team at that time and so he literally took apart the whole ff in this entire issue and they managed to figure it all out and beat him in the same issue and i was like one of my first issues i was like yo this team's dope like i I love sharon ventura thank you sharon ventura yes um one of the original Miss Marvels I believe right Didn't she like Miss Marvel before the Miss Marvel Incarnation? No no I'm pretty now? sure
0: I'm pretty sure um Carol came first and then Sharon came up after Sharon came after I okay I think I'm, sorry. I'm pretty sure I'm not
1: 100% When I started reading the books I think she it was around that time she might have been Miss Marvel after she was She-Thing so mm-hmm. So that makes sense but that was one of my first books and then I went to a yard sale like way back in 94 I still remember this and I got this book that contained the first six issues of fantastic four is a little pocket book. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it had all six issues. And I literally poured through that book. I read that book so much the cover fell off. (laughs) It had Mm -hmm. an amazing, um, amazing Kirby cover where thing was like breaking out of the machine and, and doom's trying to shoot a thing. And then the rest of the team are like getting together, getting ready to take on doom. And I, I fell in love with those first six books and like a lot happens in those first six Mm -hmm. books too. So I don't I don't get a chance to put it out there so much, but it just randomly struck me. I was like, I wonder if Perry's done Fantastic Four. <laughs> and here yeah. we are.
0: Yeah. Um, but you know, I was never a really big FF guy. Uh, like mm-hmm. I I gravitated more towards the X-Men, towards the the more weird characters. Yeah. Um, but like there's been some stuff I've liked that I've read. Like you you mentioned Mark Wagerun. I just reread mm-hmm. that recently. That was that was great. Um oh, Hickman stuff is really good too. In fact, if I think if you're gonna read rank hickman's work on those three big marvel properties you know avengers x-men and ff mm-hmm. i'd say his ff work i'd put that at the top of the list and then Ooh. his x-men work and then his um his avengers work
1: yeah i need to jump on there i got that plug so i, I yeah. gotta start checking that out I,
0: I think the his big weakness for avengers was like i felt like he had all these really big ideas but it it was at the expense of the characters. Like he had too many characters and mm-hmm. they didn't really get enough attention. He kept bringing in all these new characters that I didn't, and then didn't spend enough time to really make me give a shit, shit about oh, them. Oh, you sound
1: like Vince McMahon. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, and then his X Men stuff, it's, it's got the big ideas thing. It's a little bit better on the characterization front, but it's still mm-hmm. got, I think it's got too many characters and I think there's too many. There's a lot it's of a force. Lot. Yeah, there's a lot of it's force. A lot. <laughs> things in there like um but the ff stuff it's and i think this is where he benefits just because it's such a smaller cast so he has Mm -hmm. to focus more on the characters so it works a lot better because of that
1: absolutely man um so yeah these these hit home for me for some reason Mm -hmm. like i i love spider-man obviously when it came out really enjoyed the first two x-men movies and then these were like the ones kind of in between because this is the first, first one was 2005 we didn't get last in X-Men three until 2006, I believe mm-hmm. uh, Spider-Man three wasn't until 2007. So this was like our major Marvel property holdover. Um, until we could get to the more X-Men and Spider-Man stuff. Oh, and yeah, obviously yeah. It was Fox. So I was really pumped about this and, and uh, <laughs> I-, I was very happy with both movies. <laughs> I'm not scared to say it Barry. <laughs> no, no. I mean, th- there's,
0: there's definitely good things about these movies. Um, So let's first jump in with the first one. And
1: let's go ahead.
0: This was a a weird time in uh, superhero film history because Mm
1: -hmm.
0: this was, you know, we had X-Men, we had uh, Spider-Man, we had Blade. And then we had this kind of weird period where we had a lot of superhero movies coming out, but none of them were really quite hitting the mark. Daredevil daredevil i mean the director's cut was good but it still yes. had it still had issues with it right like and yes. they weren't really taking off with the public in the way that um you know they when you now. look at yeah would they do the way they do now um you didn't you know you didn't have a batman begins yet you didn't have a dark knight you didn't have an mm-hmm. iron man or anything like that crazy. so yeah crazy, and so this was that weird period because i think in this time period this was also a weird thing because this was a period when the superhero movies a lot of them kind of were ashamed of being superhero movies.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um yes. So it's yes. like, you know, the X-Men's like, we're we're not superheroes. We're not running around in yellow spandex, right? It's and it's like this, you know, everyone's got to be in black leather or something like that. And so in that respect, Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four were really kind of outliers because these were both movies where it's just like, no, we're superhero movies and we're and we're fine wearing that on our sleeve, right? There wasn't that kind of like angsty stuff. It was just like, you know, we were superheroes we like being superheroes we were and i did like that the movies kept that tone with it
1: mm-hmm. yeah i i
0: really enjoyed that too
1: so the reason the first film worked so well for me is i i can't say his name so i'm just call call my man um ian Grufford. yeah I'm a, i always i always want to say i own ian, i know me too ian. i know
0: i know i always trip over when i read it
1: I, i'll just say ian so ian really worked for me as, as Mr. Fantastic, Chris Evans as human torch. Mm-hmm. Shout out to cap. Um, he really worked for me as uh, human torch. My brother-in-law still swears that he enjoyed him more as human torch than he did cap, but he does not like the cap movies, no matter what I've tried. What All is wrong them. with him? I, he is cap caps. Never been his bag and he really liked Johnny as Torch or cat or Chris Evans as human torch. So what, what can you do? I mean, yeah, it, if, if you really like seeing him in one way and then all of a sudden he's captain america because that was everybody's problem at first everybody's like he can't be captain america he was already human torch yeah i was and really it,
0: skeptical uh, i've mentioned yeah. this before but i was i was skeptical when i'm like really you're gonna get the human torch to play captain america i'm not sure if he's got that and then he proved that he did have that much range and he could do oh, yeah it, even better oh, yeah. than i expected
1: M- more than on one on more than one occasion he did mm. and then my- michael chiklis shout out shout out oh to yeah the shield no better casting than him for the thing he absolutely nailed it michael Chiklis, i don't know what you're doing nowadays but these movies and your portrayal of the thing really shaped really and really nailed how much i loved um love being grim and i loved the thing because you you got it 100% right the weak link of all this is the hot, the hot girl in the movie, which really sucks mm. for her, because I love Jessica Alba. Yeah. Um, and this is just as a person, because she does she's like head of the Honest, or part of Honest Company and all kinds of that cool stuff that she does nowadays. And I've, I've liked some of her other films that she's done. I like Alias back in the day. Oh, you mean I Dark Angel? S- Dark Angel, thank you. I'm thinking about Jennifer Garner. I'm sorry for Jennifer Garner. <laughs> I know you're from West Virginia. Don't come at me. I mean, if you want to, I'll apologize to your face. I have no <laughs> problems doing that, okay? Okay, Jennifer Garner. So, jessica alba though man they really tried to just have her be the hot girl mm-hmm. and still be the invisible woman and it didn't work because the lot the first film she wasn't even with reed obviously mm. like she was with doom and working for doom Now now they were doom and her were together though right because yeah that yeah
0: yeah, yeah. that no, was David. one of the issues i had with it is it just it it paints Sue as a, in a really bad light, this script. Like she, you know, she breaks up with Reed and then she starts dating Victor. And then after this, you know, this tragedy in the, in space when then she goes back with Reed and then she's very antagonistic towards Victor. And it's just like this, the script does not give us enough a reason to buy that. And she just comes off as very kind of bratty in the, in the first yeah. movie.
1: And she was the one that's supposed to sell the tickets obviously mm. too.
0: Well, um, to to that point, like I I was reading the trivia on um IMDb, and um as soon as they cast her, like you know that scene when she when she's in her underwear, which course. they over, as soon as they cast her, they wrote that scene into the movie.
1: Come on, <laughs> yeah, come on, guys, don't be like that. I mean, men are going to men, so what are yeah. you going to say? <laughs> but um. But but yeah, she was literally the the star power of the film. No offense to Michael Chickless, but he he was he had the shield and he he was more known for his TV work. Right. She he was the one who was gonna was gonna get all the boys to come to the yard, essentially. Well, she was
0: the FF. I think at this point she was the only one that it had bit like, you know, some big movie roles to her to her name at that point, because you know, the other two big names in this were Chickless and um uh, McMahon, but Mc- right. they were both uh, doing, you know, mostly it was critical acclaim from the stuff they were doing on on FX, like mm. Chicklish with the Shield, McMahon on uh, on Nip Tuck. Okay. And Chris Evans, he had done some films, but he wasn't really a big name at this point. He was, you know, still kind of unknown at this point.
1: Right. Like I have watched not another teen movie several times before I saw these films and I st- it still didn't click
0: until I saw not another teen movie again. I was like, holy crap, human torch
1: is in this movie.
0: Every <laughs> time I every time I see that movie, by the way, and I've mentioned this before, but that is such an underrated movie. Uh, oh it's so funny me and my
1: wife were watching it a few months ago and i was like this still holds up
0: it does it still holds
1: up pretty nicely uh 20 some odd years later so it
0: was like the only one of those insert genre movies that was actually good (laughs)
1: yeah it was it was because one it was the first but then they're like we can
0: franchise this yeah
1: and they literally not another superhero movie no i think scary movie was the first one well yeah, I was talking about the not another. Oh, like, okay, okay. The I scary see. Scary movie was absolutely um 100%. It started it really kicked the genre off. Yeah. But yeah. then they started doing those not another spy movie and all mm-hmm. those things that went straight to the DVD, the mm-hmm. Walmart DVD bins. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um but yeah, she's just she's the weak link in the family and I don't blame Alba for it at all. Like, I think she no, does the no best way. she can with what she's been given. What she's been given is dog shit, though, is the problem. <laughs>
1: <laughs> A big old pal. Yeah. A big old pal of it. Um, so so yeah, her her reasonings don't make any sense. But the the other problem is that they got their they got their team together. They, they have the version of the cosmic rays. They get revealed to the public and all that's going pretty well. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm buying into all this. Mm-hmm. Even, even with a uh, Sue storm struggling along with her script. I mean, I'm still buying into it. Yeah. The problem is the, pro- the antagonist, obviously, which yeah. is Victor Von Doom and Julian McMahon. So I'm going to ask you a question, Perry, before we continue this. Did Nip Tuck seriously heard Julian mcmahon's career because i don't remember him ever being in a happy role after that show <laughs> ever
0: every time um, he showed
1: up something bad was going to happen
0: yeah i haven't seen enough of his stuff uh like i know he was in runaways uh but mm-hmm. i haven't seen enough of him and enough things to really kind of say one way or the other uh but so I, I don't know. I, I'm not the. I'm not the guy to answer that question. Man, I will maybe we'll say,
1: do though, a Patreon only episode about yeah. Billy McMahon just to see where <laughs> his career his career arc went, to see if Tuck kind of buried him as forever to be a villain.
0: Yeah, but um, I will say I was excited about him. Uh, being cast as Doom because I I was watching Nip Tuck at the time. I was really loving Nip Tuck. Yeah, um, every, everybody loved Nip Tuck. Yeah, it, it was it was huge back then. I, I don't know how well it holds up now. You know what? Twenty years later, but right. Um, I'm sure
1: there's a lot of problematic stuff and yeah, plot yeah. lines that don't quite make sense because it was it was like a, a modern day soap opera. Then, oh, it so was so
0: yeah. Like as I imagine how goofy
1: yeah. and corny it could, it would be in 2022. So.
0: Yeah, um, but I do remember being really excited because I'm like, oh, well, you know, he's. He can, do, he can do dark and all that kind of stuff pretty well. So I was really keen for him to, to play the part. Um, you know what I think, though? I think he would have been much better as Namor. Oh, ooh,
1: yes, yes. I I could totally see that because then he can because Namor, when he's first introduced in Fantastic Mm. Four kids, hadn't been seen since the um, Invaders days in Marvel Comics. So all of a sudden he was this homeless guy who Johnny shaved with his finger because Johnny, Johnny, you literally set his finger on fire. It's like, (laughs) you look like someone.
0: (laughs) Holy crap. You look look like a guy from my comic book. Let me (laughs) shave you with a flaming finger.
1: Shout out out to Stan and Jack for that one, man. (laughs) And he he's like you're you're the submariner, and all of a sudden he's like I am the submariner. I'm going to kill you all. And he mm. takes it off. <laughs> I love those comic books. Uh, so he yeah. he been an excellent casting for that because then he could have been the bad guy, but then he also could have kind of t- towed that line between I'm doing this for my kingdom. It's not just because I'm a bad guy and I'm motivated because. Right. You my uh my girlfriend went back to her ex-boyfriend and and I kind of got caught in a raise and mm-hmm. and uh, my I am
0: scarred and I'm my my skin is turning metal like his skin turning Yeah, metal yeah. Like I'm I'm cool with having Doom involved in the origin. I'm fine with tying him into it. Um even like him running a corporation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I prefer it if he's you know running a country, but you know, I can fine, whatever. I, I can deal with it.
1: Big Harry Osborne Bobs. Yeah, yeah from the first Spider Man films I Yeah. yeah
0: Yo, totally. It, like even down to like the board stealing the company, right? It's just like, it's straight up what happened to Norman Osborne in that movie.
1: Y- yes, yes, it, it really is, man. Um, and I mean, the, honestly-
0: that's, And or that's the ahead. big problem. Uh, this is the big problem with the, with the first movie is that there's not really a good story, right? They focus so much on building up the family dynamics, and mm-hmm. which are really well done. Like the even with the problems with Sue's character, when she's interacting with the rest of the team, Mostly it works. Yes. Mostly it works. Um, But then when we get to the actual story, that's when it starts to fall apart because we have this thing where all of them except for Johnny are upset about their condition and they're all angry that people are... And I think they they overplayed that part too much, which again, I think is kind of a symptom of the early 2000 superhero movies where we have to hate the fact that we have superpowers. Um, (laughs)
1: Yes. So I think
0: that that was very much just a trend at the time so but but then when we get into doom you got to help me out with this kel because i've seen this movie over the years probably about like maybe five or six times
1: okay i probably
0: doubled you so yeah that's good and for the life of me i still cannot tell you what doom's ultimate goal is what his plan is why is he doing all this
1: okay so i'm going to put on my my um I'm going to put on my wrestling hat here to make it make sense, okay? <laughs> so, Doom's goal, and it's not evident at all, so I agree with you. His goal is to, one, prove that, he, of, of course, he still wants to show he's smarter than Reed because mm. they, they get outed pretty quickly. And then they found out, oh, Reed, Reed is this, he's the one that went to space. And they obviously know he's a failed scientist, and his experiments are working. But at the same time, he's losing his company and stuff. Mm -hmm. So he's out for revenge to Reed for scarring him, which is ultimately in the comics, a a lot of their dynamic, even though they used to be best friends. Like his whole thing is like, oh, I'm scarred and I blame Reed Richards and blah, 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 you know. So there's that motivation that he wants to get Reed back because he got scarred and he's turning metal and he has electricity powers like Electro all of a sudden. And he wanted to show that he could cure a thing, which he did, which he did cure a thing. Mm -hmm. But then Ben was like, oh, crap, well, now I can't fight. Let me go turn this machine right back on without Victor being around and turn right back into the thing that you needed Victor to run the machine the first mm. time, but I digress. <laughs> I digress. Uh, and then he he ultimately wanted to win the girl back. So mm. I'll kill Reed, show the world how smart I am, cure Ben, and he'll be dead. And then she'll be like, oh, well, he's dead now. And I'm, I'm going to go be with Victor. So So that was his plan, even though at no point did he actually state those facts because he really mm-hmm. didn't say that much when he got in. The, he was all put it up, yeah, and stuff. It was all like, oh, blah, blah, you know, <laughs> there, there wasn't much to it.
0: No, no. Um, so yeah, I can't I, explain it. I can make it it's, up. <laughs> I mean, if you know if i was grading this as as a teacher i probably would have given that explanation a b because i know it's a lot of bullshit but you made <laughs> it's convincing bullshit <laughs> nice
1: and that's how i graduated high school ladies
0: and gentlemen <laughs> um but yeah i mean and it's just like that it it it's it so much feels like he's the villain here just because the movie just because. needs a villain yeah that's because
1: yeah. that's it and it, it also feels a lot like when we were kids and we had our little action figures and then we had our bad guy uh-huh. and it's like, okay, we're going to have these people fight. We didn't have to have any kind of plot lines. Of course, we're children. We, we, right. They were going, we're going to fight. Shredder and the turtles are going to fight uh-huh. the fantastic four and dooms going to fight. And you know, we, we'd be fighting. And then we put our toys down and walk away and they lay there for X amount of time. And next time pick up, and they're going to fight again. So it felt very much like this. Like we got our pieces. We showed how they turn into the FF. We showed this, how Johnny was going uh, kind of made himself famous and he won won the 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 ski what was it the ski competition what was it again
0: uh the, are you talking about the when he was at the 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 when he was riding the mo- motorcycle thing
1: yeah the motorcycle thing i'm sorry yes um yeah when when that happened and er- and then everybody <laughs> he's using his powers to get popularity and sue's like you can't do that also again with the family dynamic sue and johnny worked really well as far as brother and sister you really felt like they're brother and sister and then ben and, and johnny of mm-hmm. course felt like they mm-hmm. were they best of best of me, essentially yeah, which yeah. is what they are in a comic book so so that worked really well um and it was just like all right we got all these other pieces we have victor over here uh what can we do with victor uh let's take away his money okay mm-hmm. and have him get scarred and but he has no powers, and he he really hasn't displayed that he's super duper smart or on Reed's level. So let's right. let's give him lightning powers and make him look really cool. And oh, any credits, yeah, <laughs> and that, basically that, that, that's, that's basically what, happens, what happened. Yeah. Yes, that's, that's, um, that's I will of.
0: say that because this this movie came out at the same time that the or it was in production at the same time that uh, Bendis and Miller were doing Ultimate Fantastic Four, mm, and it was, and you know part of the idea behind the ultimate books was to kind of give, make it, you know, make it easier for Hollywood to come in and adapt these things into movies. So, Mm -hmm. so they had done, they had some, made some questionable choices with the, with the comic and like they had, uh, they didn't go to space anymore. Now they were going to the negative zone or the end zone, as they called it.
1: The end zone. Yeah. And they weren't,
0: they weren't adults, right. They were all, teenagers they're all part of like this gifted school all Um, super young yeah Mm -hmm. all super young all like geniuses who were part of the school um and and uh, victor was bizarrely because they thought victor mod doom sounded too ridiculous so he was victor van Dam now yes he was (laughs) yes he was (laughs) and there was a lot of concern there was a lot of concern among the fans at the time like are they just going to ad- adapt the ultimate fantastic four? And like Tim story came out and he said, no, no, no. His name is Victor Von doom in this We're they're going to be going to space. They're going to be getting their power. So I'm glad they resisted that urge to go with what the, the comics were clearly trying to push them towards the time. All I thought right. that was a really smart choice. And you can tell like, as, as many flaws this movie does have, you can see that overall, Tim story is definitely a fan of these comics. Like I can, yeah. there's a definite love of the source material. I
1: was there. gonna say he directed it with love, I, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Now, whether his script was the best, I well, I mean, we, we can say you debate that all day. <laughs> well, I mean, but, you mentioned,
0: I think Daredevil's a good comparison, right? Because Daredevil yeah. too, you can tell that the guy loved the comic books. Maybe mm-hmm. he loved them a little bit too much because he throws a little bit too many <laughs> references, but- Yeah, every but, idea he can get. yeah. But ev-
1: he fit in.
0: every single every single chance he has to have to throw in a character, a creator's name, he takes it um,
1: or put Frank Miller in a movie or. Kevin. Yeah, Smith in yeah, a movie, yeah. Or <laughs> Joe Quesada in a movie.
0: <laughs> but it's um, but you can tell there's a love there, even with the script problems. There's still that love of the source material. And I get the, I get the same feeling with Tim's story. You don't get which is a weird because you had the opposite thing with the X-Men where they're. The script is really solid. It's a really good movie, but you can tell that the director is not a fan of the comics going in.
1: Right, and it wasn't as apparent to me when I was when I was younger, but none of have watched X Men at uh, ad nauseum. Like mm-hmm. S- Singer, Singer didn't give three shits about the X Men. Like, yeah, that, you know. And, and as much as people were like, "Oh, Ratner hurt uh, the third movie when when he came in because Singer went to go do Superman Returns." Yeah, maybe. Um, and Ratner also didn't seem to love the, the characters either. Mm-hmm. But of course, once we get got in the first class, and then more of the other movies, like not the last two X Men movies, but like Days of futures <laughs> Past and stuff, mm-hmm. you could definitely tell the shift, especially because the MCU was a thing by then, where more more of the creators behind the film actually loved the property as much as um, as they did the fact they were getting to make the movie. Right. And early on, with a lot of these movies, like you said, especially these, you you did the X-Men movies, you didn't get to see that. And even with Raimi, like, I don't know how much of a Spider-Man fan Raimi was. Obviously he did an amazing job with the first mm-hmm. two movies. And then he had studio issues in the third one and it is what it is. Yeah. But he, he still, he, he was still a good enough director in order to make it work. And then same thing with, you can even say multiverse where it was the same thing. I don't know how much Dr. Strange Raimi was into, but of course, horror is more of his jam anyway. So a lot of that worked and some of it was downright goofy uh mm-hmm. piano duel anybody <laughs> but
0: i think in this Raimi's case is he was i know he's definitely a, a fan like he has said that okay. his his two favorite marvel characters were spider-man and doctor strange growing okay up. well there we go um, so, so yeah there, I'm, I'm off base
1: <laughs> that's um, fine
0: but no it, it is a it's it's um it's a good point to make and i think singer is probably the best example of that because he's someone who was able to make three really good movies right Mm -hmm. x-men x2 and days of future past even though he didn't really he didn't really give a shit about the source material whereas then you got guys like you know mark stephen johnson with daredevil tim store with the fantastic four where they're they're real big fans of the source material but they're just not able to get it together enough to make a good movie
1: they were like 10 years too early
0: that, that was part of it too. Yeah. And I think, Adam, yeah. you know, I'm sure there was probably some studio interference as well because they didn't really know of course. Of course. what the hell this superhero boom was going to mean. So, so I think there that, that was probably part of it as well. Like there, there's, there was a definite belief among the studio heads at the time that superheroes are still like the What's Adam that? West stuff. Yeah. It's still mm-hmm. like this kitty stuff. So we can't, if we want to make it, if we want to want adults to, to like this stuff, we have to, take some of the ridiculous stuff out of it. There was a lot of that going on at the time. Um, But even with all that, like, uh, you don't, it's funny because I was reading uh, some of the background. We could have gotten a really interesting Fantastic Four movie because one of the directors who had approached um, uh, who was actually brought in was uh, Peyton Reed who ended up directing the ant-man movies yes and i love the ant-man movies yeah oh yeah they're great and he um he had worked on it for about a year and he had gone on with like three different sets of writers and he said it became clear after a while that fox had a very different movie in mind and that they were chasing a release date so we parted company Mm. but his idea was he wanted it to be influenced by a hard day's night the beatles movie and oh, okay. his his ideal cast was he wanted Alexis Denisoff as Reed, Charlize Theron as Sue, Paul Walker as Johnny and John C. Riley as Ben and Jude Law as as Doom. Holy crap. I know. No way. I want to go back in time and I want that movie to be made like somewhere in the multiverse. There's a there's a parallel Earth where that movie was made and like the Fantastic Four is now as big as the Avengers.
1: I, I can't lie when you said Charlie's is a uh, Sue Storm. Uh, my hair on my arm may have stood up a little bit. <laughs> that uh and and uh, I mean, yeah. Uh hubba hubba. <laughs> so to speak. I mean, if you're gonna cast a bombshell to be be Sue Storm, no offense, Jessica Alba, like that, that wouldn't be bad at all and the rest of that cast John C. Raleigh has been yeah. especially because we know John C. Raleigh can act his ass off for mm-hmm. real now because we only knew him from like well I only knew him from his comedy stuff I know he always had serious material um, like before like he kind of blew up with uh, Will Ferrell and things like that in mm. Talladega Nights but he can really act uh, so him being in that role and, and of course he could have shaved down his head or something and he would have been younger and, 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 who, and who was going to be Johnny again? Paul Walker Paul, Paul Walker, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, we we saw what he was able to do with the Fast and Furious franchise and be this ma- magnetic tentpole mm-hmm. for for the theme of family throughout nine films now. Ten. I mean, obviously he I think it's ten, ten, ten films. Yeah, I, I, I think they're up to ten, and he wasn't in like the last three. Obviously, rest right. in peace. Um, but but man, and and then and then Jude Law is as Doom.
0: Jude Law is Doom, and Alexis <sighs> Denisof as Reed which Uh... is you know like at me being like a huge angel fan like alexis denisov uh he ended up being one of my favorite characters on that show because he was just and he's one of those guys who you know if you've only known him from like buffy you probably wouldn't realize but he is one of the he is so freaking versatile like you've seen him and like you saw him as wesley go through this massive character transformation where he's you know this foppish you know teacher's pet basically at the beginning to yeah. then turning into this you know relentless hard ass and then you know to <laughs> begin becoming I mean, like this weird mix of the two by the end um but then you watch him in something like how i met your mother where he's just you know playing this total spoof of a character and he's brilliant yeah. in all of it yeah he he
1: was really great on how i met your mother mm. so <sighs> That that, that kind of sucks. <laughs> that yeah. kind of sucks yeah. that I know that.
0: And also influenced by a hard day's night, like because that was like you know all about the Beatles dealing with their fame and all that. That would have yes. been a really interesting Fantastic Four movie because you could have opened it up in media res with them already being the Fantastic Four. You could have had flashbacks Absolutely. to the to the space flight and everything, and that would have been a really interesting thing because one of the things you I could do have think, said
1: it the Beatles music at the beginning when they're getting out oh, yeah, by the Rays too. Shoot, shoot, um, yeah. Yeah, and and Peyton Reed
0: has proven with the Ant Man movies that he can really balance that that humor with that heart and that and that action too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And being true to the comic book characters at the same time. Oh man, that oh (laughs)
0: <laughs> like I had never, like I had never heard about this as a possibility until I just read this, and it just like, oh god, that would have been so amazing.
1: That that um, would be a good a, a good comic book right now if somebody was willing to take on that that uh, hard days night concept. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, And apply it for, I don't want to do it in the middle of a real FF run, but I mean hell, just throw a F- fantasize like, a hard night. Yeah, do like like limited series or something. Yeah, like that it would be just great. Drop, yeah. drop 16, 12 issues, whatever, mm. and you can run through it. Yeah,
0: that sounds that sounds great, people. Yeah.
1: Snatch up those five dollar books. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: Um, so but going back, another thing I thought that they did really well is they they modernized the reasons all the characters have for the space flight. Because when you go back and you read those early FF issues, they're rough. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's be honest, let's be real. They, I mean, they were they were hugely groundbreaking, they were incredibly influential, they changed the entire comics medium. They're still rough.
1: <laughs> yeah, because it's like Reed wanted to go to space because he wanted to. He wanted to prove his spaceship could handle the cosmic rays, I believe. Ben went because he was his best friend. Sue went because she couldn't do anything without Reed, so mm. she went. And then she wanted to bring her kid brother Johnny along.
0: And one of the one of the stated things I remember in the first issue, she's like, "We have to get to space before the commies do."
1: Y- yes. Yeah. And they <laughs> wanted to beat the commies. Absolutely. Always got to beat the commies. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: That's important. <laughs> and and just like. Yeah, and you think about Sue and those original, like people talk, complain about Jessica Alba about this, like go and read the, some of those early issues and that like Sue was just like, I mean, I, I feel like she needed like um she needed to be monitored like at all time. I feel like she had some sort of mental illness or something. I was because... going to say
1: he did a terrible, I mean, they, because I know that uh, Jack did a lot of the plotting too, but but there there was just so many times cuz again I've read those first six issues a lot and it's like she's like oh I'm out shopping da 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 da, da. I wonder what Reed's doing like oh I'm going to I bumped into somebody I turned invisible whoopsie This <laughs> just so weird it's like it's easy to go through a crowd when you're invisible. Like, oh, okay, Sue. And like people are like, oh, there's floating bags. and Yeah, are, I remember like, one where, where she, like,
0: she, she stops into a restaurant for like a soda. She's like, she's like this is hard work. She just... and, invisible. and she's invisible the whole time. And yet, I... so I'm like, how did she get the soda? <laughs> Sue Storm is
1: a thief. <laughs> that, that's the bottom line. But
0: another time she was worried about you know when she turns invisible she's like but my scent is still active so i have to figure out how to ways to cover up my scent and then she's like spraying all these different perfumes on herself and attracting all these dogs and it's just like this is i must have missed what that issue if, if it was
1: past issue six this is a hot chance i, I have read yeah. that um, okay but um it was definitely oh, wow. during the
0: stan and jack run it was definitely early on. that sounds like, like
1: stan and jack yeah it's
0: like these dogs are totally know I'm and, over here but like yeah she was like borderline brain damaged <laughs> <was> issues <laughs> Oh, and Reed, like you're, you're darling, looking at, me! Yeah. And, and Reed, you know, you gotta, and it, it makes Reed look even worse. Cause you know, we talk about Reed being an asshole, like Jesus Christ, like <laughs> oh, now he's yeah. taking advantage of this poor woman.
1: Oh, of course. He's like, I'm so smart that I just need the dumbest woman. I remember, alive. I remember
0: one time he was by. just like, hush, you know, wives should be seen and not heard or something like that.
1: He did say something crazy like that. And it was fine back then.
0: Obviously, yeah. I got it. I'm
1: trying. I want trying to pull up this cover of the of the first comic book because even the the cover of the first comic. Okay, she she's in the hands of the mole man monster. Mm. She's like turning half invisible, and her caption doesn't even make any damn sense.
0: Oh yeah, it's like she's wrapped. She's tied up in ropes, and she's like these ropes are no problem for the invisible girl. I'm like, how does that even track? No, she said, I, I can't turn
1: invisible fast enough. How can we stop this creature, Torch? <laughs> Torch is like, just wait and see, sister, the Fantastic Four Only began the fight. And then Ben's like, the three of you can't do it alone. It's time for the thing to take a hand. <laughs> and then freaking Reed's over here in ropes.
0: Like, oh, why that's why right. Reed was in the ropes. Monster yeah. throw
1: ropes on him? I'll take more, more than ropes to keep Mr. Fantastic out of the action. And that's an iconic cover book, uh, comic book cover, ladies yeah,
0: and gentlemen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's, yeah, like those are, I've been, every now and then they got a sale in Comicsology, And at some point I'm gonna, they've got all the the Stan and Jack stuff in the Mm -hmm. Epic Collections. At some point I am gonna get them all and I am gonna sit down and read them, but it's, I am putting it off at the same time.
1: Yeah, I never, I never picked up the Fantastic Four Essentials when they did them, and I know the Epic Collection, like the updated color mm-hmm. version and stuff like that. But I'm pretty sure I'll, I'm going to have to track track those books down too, because I used to love the Essentials. Like I have a whole bunch of the Daredevil mm-hmm. Essentials and Spider Man Essentials, X Men Essentials. So a- anytime you can go back and kind of look at that history, especially when you don't have to look at it on your phone, mm-hmm. it's it's quite a treat. So I, I suggest that for anybody who's able to go back and find those old books for a good price.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Uh, um now one of the things so but so what i was saying is um i kind of got sidetracked there but of the course. point i was trying to make is that this movie actually gives each character a reason for being on that spaceship yes which made it made a lot of sense like sue is a scientist as well in this so it makes sense and she's working and, with Victor. Re- and
1: yeah doom footed the um he footed he the footed bill for the, the project bill, yeah. so yes, it made sense there too
0: right so it made sense for them to both be there Ben is a pilot. Obviously that made sense. And Johnny is also a pilot, right? He used to, and Mm -hmm. he was, and Ben was his CEO at NASA and he got, he got, (laughs) I love that. He got washed out of NASA because he tried to sneak some Victoria's secret models into the simulator and then he crashed the flight simulator. (laughs) You crashed a flight simulator,
1: Johnny. (laughs) He must've been very distracted. Yeah. But each each character
0: has a reason for being on that space station. And I like that. That made sense for all of them to be there together. Because remember, like, even when we had um, in the the reboot movie that Josh Trank did a few years back when they went with the ultimate style one, where Ben has no fucking reason to be there at Mm. all. It's just like, like, hey, we're going to go into the end zone. I'm going to call up my childhood buddy and see if he wants to come join us. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. Come come hang out with me. Why? Uh, Yeah. Because. because for plot reasons. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. I'll be right there.
0: Yeah.
1: I love it when I get invited for plot reasons. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I did. So yeah, they all have a good reason to be there. And I like that both Johnny and Sue actually have contributions to make making Sue a scientist was a really good choice, mm-hmm. making Johnny a pilot really good choice and having this existing relationship with Ben also made sense. Cause before that, you're kind of wondering in the comics, like why the hell did, him and Ben have a relationship to begin with because they it seems like they shouldn't why is Ben hanging around with a teenager
1: right right because there's definitely a gap yeah uh, obviously it has been made up over the years as as the comics have aged and mm-hmm. they've aged slightly but uh, in, in the beginning Johnny was was just as young as Spider-Man essentially. right he was like so. 16
0: 17
1: I mean. mm-hmm. yeah and he's this, he's this world famous playboy who can light himself on fire
0: mm-hmm. so. um, I, I
1: gotta say though <laughs> I gotta say I, I really hate the ending of essentially putting doom in carbonite. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: well, I mean, I'm going just going to gonna say, freeze like, them to
1: the next movie.
0: I hate everything about doom in this movie with the exception of his appearance. Like the, the costume looks pretty decent. Um, yeah. I mean, I got some quibbles with it, but for the most part, I like it. Yeah, um, I thought the mask works really well. The hood looks really well. I mean, I think when they got some of the details in the comic, the, the rest of the costume, it gets kind of bland. But you got the cloak with the big hood, and you've got the mask, and those are like the the two big things I think you got to nail with Doom. And they got both of those things down. So those they I did. was happy with. But everything else with Doom, I just fucking despised.
1: <laughs> yeah, other than his reason to be on the ship. Yeah. Uh, that that was the only thing. And and it, it sucks because. I mean, I know the FF have a, a a vast rogues gallery, but you can't exactly start out with Impossible Man or anything mm-hmm. like that. When you, when you're jumping into launching the Fantastic Four, you're going to bring Doom, and I'm going to say it, Perry. They didn't bring the Doom. No, they, they didn't. Not at they all. They did not bring the Doom, and they they had them there, but they they just didn't didn't finish the job. Essentially, I think um, if you're
0: gonna if you're gonna do a Fantastic Four, I think you mm-hmm. should have. Like, you can have Doom in the first one, but I don't think you should be the villain of the first one. I think you got to save, if you're going to be doing the origin story, then I think you should save Doom for the sequel. Especially uh, if he's
1: going to be involved in the beginning. I yeah. agree. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, also, when you think about it too, like, even in the original comics, Doom didn't come in until what? Like, issue four, issue five? Issue
1: four. I think it's issue for, number five is for, no, four. Wait, no, no, four. I want to say four. And then him and Submariner teamed up in issue six. Okay. So, so he was in the comic at least two times before we actually, um, in those first six issues. But they, again, they didn't jump right to doom. Right. They, they start off with the Mole Man. And, and even could they have made the Mole Man work in 2005? Probably not. But, you know, there, there's different options. They didn't, they weren't going to do scrolls. Obviously, mm-hmm. their scrolls are way different than the MCU Skrulls are today. But, they couldn't do there they can't do a nihilist how are they going to explain a negative zone like that's that's a whole can of worms in itself that's a whole other movie you know right so well you, i think one of know. the big
0: issues is that there's it's hard to because the fantastic four don't really have a villain that directly ties into their origin no right so, um and when you tr- like you can kind of work doom in but it doesn't really work it not in the same way with like you know spider-man you can easily tie in norman osborne to that origin it worked absolutely very seamless but it's it's a lot harder to do that with doom and the ff and i think that's kind of why you you would have to start off the movie i think in media res with the the team already formed already having their powers and Mm -hmm. then show like in flashbacks like an opening credit sequence or something how they got their powers
1: it, it would have saved so much time because yeah. I feel like they do spend so much world building on this movie and all of a sudden it's like time to fight the bad guy and then that's like 20 minutes and then it's yeah. credits, like I said.
0: I mean, I think um The Incredible Hulk still I think did the has is like probably my favorite version of the way they handled an origin story mm-hmm. because it's just like this five minute credit sequence with like these these right. different scenes. You get everything you need to know And it's all played over music and it's the opening credits and then it's it. We're into a whole different story then.
1: And it keeps your attention the whole time and you can follow along. And then like you said, it it launches into the movie. Yeah. So and of course what combo fans have been fighting for years about watching the origin story again and like even with right. robert pattinson batman happening everybody's like oh they're going to tell the origin story again and no they didn't quite tell the origin but a lot of it was still tied to his origin again mm. uh with, with uh, dealing with the fallout from his parents and everything like that so
0: at least we didn't see the waynes getting murdered again so that
1: was- that's true and we didn't have to see Negan or Maggie get mar- murdered again. Like we did in, um, yeah. Batman v. yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> we <laughs> didn't have to all see all any, started. we didn't have to
0: see any pearls falling in slow motion again. So that was good. Now nah,
1: nah, we just got a lot of Nirvana and I was here Latter. for it. So
0: <laughs> I was here for it. I can't lie.
1: Four times in the theater. And I, I don't, I don't regret any of it. Wow. So <laughs> I really like that movie Perry. I can't lie.
0: It's good. I, I feel like it's, I feel like the third act is a little bit unnecessary, but overall I really liked it too.
1: Yeah, it, it starts to drag after your second viewing, but yeah. I, I really enjoy a lot of the beats in it, so they they did that really well. But we're we're again there. I am sidetracking the whole mm. conversation
0: again. That's um, what I do. But you know what? I want to talk about Johnny and Ben because okay, uh, specifically I want to talk. About, let's just I just want to focus on Ben first because one of the weird things this movie does, and I think it's just a waste of time, is the whole thing with his wife at the beginning that's that that's
1: just that's like all right we're gonna turn you into a monster and then we're gonna find a way to even twist a knife deeper to mm-hmm. make people really feel bad for you none of that was
0: necessary it's like, completely unnecessary and, and i'm like you I'll, and you you can correct me if i'm wrong because you know more about the ff than it. me i feel but like we're gonna say the same thing i'm pretty sure that this character did not exist like i know no. like he had no sort of past It's okay so yeah I, that's what i thought
1: no he he had he like If I recall, like, I mean, he, he was the, the guy from around the way, like he was the muscle down the block, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so he, I'm sure he had his fair share of dames that he would like to hook up with every now and then back in the day, but he, he never was uh, married or anything like that. And it made his wife look horrible.
0: I know. Like, for like no this movie, this movie does no favors to any of the female characters, no. with the exception of Alicia, who has such a small role, and that's the only reason yeah. why she gets out unscathed.
1: <laughs> yeah, because she's only there for like what the last five minutes or
0: so? Basically, yeah. At the she dinner meets ben party. in the bar, and then later she pops up at the party at the end, and that's it.
1: Yeah. I mean, and it's like, she's helping me uh cope with who I am. It's mm-hmm. like, hi, I'm like, hi, <laughs> you're, you're black Alicia masters. That's what's up. <laughs> you know? And I'm, I'm sure fanboys are like, Alicia masters is black. <laughs> <laughs> who, who cares, bro? Calm yeah. down. Um, But ben, pre-scandal Kerry Washington too. Pre-scandal Kerry Washington. Absolutely. I, I don't know why we needed that. And then, then, then the gesture of after they, they, go public and they save, uh, save everybody on the bridge. Everybody's like, you guys are heroes. And then it's like, Reed's like,
0: here's the ring. She takes off the ring and just leaves it in the middle of the street. I'm just like, what the fuck is this? It's so bad. (laughs) But like, even before that, when she call, when he calls her from the payphone, and she comes out to the street in her fucking lingerie, I'm like, put on a robe lady at least. Right. Right.
1: Like what what did you think was gonna happen here, you know?
0: <laughs> Cause it's like I'm pretty sure they're still living on N- Yancey Street. So it's like mm-hmm. it's not the safest neighborhood. What are you doing? Right.
1: walk around or- around in your unimensionals <laughs> like that, man. Come on, come on. Uh yeah. Like so so I didn't like any of that. Um Chiklis did an awesome job aside mm-hmm. from dealing with that stupid plot point. Yeah. Of displaying how much he hated being a thing and it, it was constantly like He's like, I don't like being like this. <clears throat> he, didn't, he didn't let up off for Reed in one second. He's like, mm. you said you'd cure me. And Reed's like, I'm like Ben, I'm trying. And blah, blah, blah. He's like, well, and he, he he really brought the thing to life from the comic book page. Mm. I can't say that enough. Because this is truly his film and Johnny's film, The Shot, because yeah. they're, they're the characters that, that are best well served by this entire movie. Yeah. Which is, is probably intentional from a selling toys point of view,
0: maybe. Let, let's put that out there. Um, well, I mean, I think it's also just because when you think about it they really are the most interesting characters like just yeah. on paper they're the most interesting characters of the team
1: i don't ever see a kid run around saying i'm mr fantastic like right no that ain't happening or, or a girl saying i'm an invisible woman because again as cool as her powers have developed to be at the end of the day to a child also storm does is change invisible right <laughs> so, so and especially at,
0: at this time especially because they're more concerned about how are we going to you know, market this to to boys and young men. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. they're more concerned about Jessica Alba as eye candy and less concerned with her as like a headlining superhero.
1: Absolutely, or as a person, or as a <laughs> For person, <that> yeah. <laughs> Um. So, yeah, I absolutely love Chickless's portrayal of the thing, and and Evans is Johnny Man. Like he did, he did a lot of. He did a lot of acting in this movie. For mm-hmm. uh, I feel like he he went from the this is super cool I, I'm a, I'm the Human Torch to, hey this is super cool but I got responsibilities too mm-hmm. you know <laughs> you know where it's like you didn't lose any of that Johnny Storm character but he grew up enough to realize like there's more to this than just lighting myself on fire and yeah. getting all the girls and yeah. then worldwide acclaim and stuff like mm-hmm. that, um so so his his arc was also very nice and then him and him and Ben were like at the forefront of the fight obviously um with doom at the end there i mean they were the ones who helped put him away so i i also really enjoyed their contributions together their banter was perfect like from the very start when they all got into the baxter building they're cutting on each other and Mm -hmm. and obviously the pranks continue into the next film which we'll talk about but um i i they absolutely the fact that the re the reason this movie works so well for me is the fact that they got them so right exactly if they didn't get them right and then the rest of the movie was the way it was i wouldn't love this movie as much as i did well
0: one thing too and i know a lot of people at at the time i'm not sure how people respond to it now but Mm -hmm. i remember at the time a lot of people were very critical of the the things makeup which i actually like it i think it works really well it's not 100% like how he's come to evolve over the comics but if you go back and you look at that original kirby artwork that's it it's pretty it's very close to the original kirby designs
1: even with the coloring and everything it's very dark it's not super bright orange like uh, sometimes in the sun you'll get you'll get that really Mm -hmm. bright orange but he's very rocky he's very muddy and it, it looks essentially like kirby drew him for the first x amount of issues before he started really putting in eyebrows accentuating the and everything yeah Yeah, and giving them that that classic thing look that we all know and love um so i I also appreciated it i i but again I, i my love was born from those original six comics so i i knew that look and i know people were like Again, those fanboys, like, that's not what the thing looks like. This is, this is bullshit. Blah, 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 blah. Like, who cares? <laughs> well, and you know what? It, you, know what right the, you know what? Also,
0: you know what? Also, the thing's design reminded me of is you ever read uh, Grant Morrison's Fantastic Four miniseries, One, Two, Three, Four?
1: No, I actually didn't. I, I've heard of it, but I've never read it.
0: Okay, so it's pretty good. And um, Jay Lee did the artwork, and his Uh-oh, take on the thing looks very much like this. Like, it, it okay. seems like they were definitely influenced by this
1: okay i've always um i meant to check that out like years ago when it first came out i was like oh get right memories wrote one ff i need to check that out and it just slipped my mind so this is very moment again so i do want to go back and
0: reread that yeah i'm just gonna i'm gonna quickly show you the uh oh, image here so cool. you can see let me see it So I'm showing him a, a image oh. here now, um, and you can see it's very much like it's got like there's not a really big brow. He's very much mm. influenced by the Kirby design, and it works really well. Like so, I and I remember defending this makeup back at the time because I thought it was uh, not the best, I but I that. thought it still was a pretty good look for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I will it, uh, give, and also translated Chiklis, to the screen really well. Yeah, and Chickles was the only one of the cast who was a huge fan of the comics. Like he. He, he, he read the, the Fantastic Four growing up and like right. the thing was like a, like a he, was, he loved the FF, he loved the thing. So, and he, more than anyone else, he pushed really hard for prosthetic makeup. He did not want it to be, because they had wanted to do a CGI thing and, and Chickless pushed back against that. And, I remember that now. And I think, and that was such the, a right decision because I think now when you look back at CGI in the early 2000s, it would not have held up. it would look really rough now
1: it it, they would not have been able to pull off the same effect that they had by actually doing the makeup um because again the thing is right there on our on our tv screens people Mm -hmm. like that's the thing yeah like i I don't care about his eyebrows or anything like that he's got the voice he's got the look he's got the aggravation oh my god his voice is perfect
0: like i don't know if they had did any sort of post-production work or anything on it but whatever they did it was perfect
1: yeah yeah it, it, that's how i always thought the thing would speak it reminded me even of uh some of the fantastic four cartoons i used to watch like marvel action hour mm. where Thing would have that real gravelly voice everything like that and, and chick was really brought everything he had to that role so uh, I I honestly couldn't can't think of enough for his portrayal of the thing because yeah. I I really loved him <laughs> in both of these movies
0: yeah um and I also like that they they brought in that stuff from uh the comics like the whole the whole neighborhood the guy from the neighborhood thing like when he goes into the bar yeah and and the bartenders you know standing up for him is like hey this is Ben Grimm from y- the first mook from Yancey Street to go into space right and right. there's this there's this neighborhood respect that they have for him. I love that they they brought that in.
1: Yeah, and that's that's such a, a good piece of the comic book to bring in, like mm. you said, because again, spider, go away. Um, sorry, <laughs> again, <laughs> uh, like that. That's who Ben is. Ben is always talking about Yancey Street. Mm-hmm. He's always talking about where he's from and being the the ever loving blue eyed thing from Yancey Street. Yeah, and so for him to still be that even as a monster in that moment, that that. Was a, the perfect touch, and and that's one of the points that the movie got right, and another win for me,
0: another reason why I love this movie. Yeah. Um. And then, uh, and Johnny, I think we we kind of touched around a lot, but I thought they did a really good job of. Because I think with Johnny, there's there's the there's the possibility that you can make him too arrogant, too much of an asshole, and then the oh, audience yeah. will turn off. And easy. Chris Evans manages to just skirt that line.
1: He does. He does, um, and again, this is a precursor to what he was able to do as Cap. But hey, guys, Chris Evans can act, in case mm-hmm. y'all weren't aware. Yeah, and he, he even acted in both of these films with as little as he was given to do in both of these movies. And I just mean with the script and everything like yeah. that, because yeah. he he really was was able to um, be be the best of both worlds. Not to quote uh, Hannah Montana, mm-hmm. <laughs> where he was also he was that he was that arrogant kid. Um, who who wanted to be that hot shot and and get all the notoriety, but at the same time, when shit really went down, he w- he was able to be there for his new family, for his sister. And then obviously for his um, new friend uh, mm-hmm. thing who he had begrudgingly had a new film respect for. And then he didn't really fuck with Reed a lot of the movie either. either. And also that was cool too to see him like, you know what Reed, <laughs> you're not really as smart and to kind of have somebody go back and Reed because Ben was always like, all right, you got to fix me. But nobody mm-hmm. was really trying to go at Reed like that, which is kind of what Doom should have been doing. But they I know really that's, I mean,
0: him. that's really what it should be. It should be about the fact um, that, And I think one of the one of the bad things when you tie Doom into it is that because it's Doom's miscalculations that cause Mm -hmm. it. ultimately. And I think one of the one of the things about the one of the keys about the FF is the guilt Reed feels over that. I think that guilt is diluted when you have Doom involved in the origin. It's Doom's miscalculation that that's responsible for it. When it's all Reed behind it, then he has a much stronger feeling of guilt. Uh,
1: he definitely does because uh, there's whole comic books that have been spent over the years that just read mourning right. the fact that he's done this to his wife and his and her brother and his best friend and he can't yeah. cure him and and then you know then it's like hey read let, daddy let's go outside and do this and he's like okay and he leaves the laugh. i swear there's multiple comic books with the same story in it <laughs> where he's just he's just mulling to himself how how awful of a person he is yeah Um, And that's one of the reasons that Reed works in the comic books as well. Cause Mm -hmm. yeah, Reed is ultimately that smart guy asshole, but at the same time he does feel emotion and he's never been someone to, as he evolved from the sixties, never been someone to hide his emotions at all. Mm -hmm. um, And and kind of puts them out there with um, how he's feeling and stuff. Even if it's in those contemplative moments or when he's sitting with, with Ben and they're just kind of talking back and forth. Like he's always kind of worn his, his heart on his sleeve, especially when it comes to what he did, what he was responsible
0: for. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, And I also like that Johnny is the one who names them, who gives them all the names because
1: (laughs) we're the fantastic Four. (laughs) I think one of
0: the things I always had an issue with in um, the, uh, in the comics is how Reed names himself. Right. Uh, And it's like, everyone's like, it's like, and you know, Ben's like, I'll be the thing. And then, and Reed's like, and I'll call myself Mr. Fantastic. It's like, okay, asshole. (laughs)
1: see he didn't know how to talk to people back then he's probably stuck with it i hate my name but i can't change my name now i can't just be reed richards i gotta be mr fantastic now Sorry.
0: um but i i also like that um one of the things that's weird though is how right from the start the media assumes they're going to be su- they're superheroes i thought that oh, was also course. a little bit that that comes off as a little very bit pretentious forced. yeah yeah <laughs>
1: Like, oh, they have superpowers. They're here to protect us. Like, Mm -hmm. maybe not. Yeah. Maybe they're not all on the up and up. I mean, authority was around back then, but there's no way the authority was even in anybody's minds back then. No,
0: no. Not outside (laughs) of the comics.
1: Yeah. So maybe they're not always here for good, but Mm -hmm. you got to give them the benefit of doubt. I mean, you don't want to piss them off because they're like, (laughs) oh, you guys are strange. And then all of a sudden things like knocking people's heads off and stuff. (laughs) A whole different movie. whole different movie.
0: I will say too the effects on this because um, again you know early two thousand CGI doesn't always hold up the best right the, this actually holds up pretty well like the the CGI on Johnny is probably the the biggest example of it and that holds up really well. Reed stretching oh. effects also work pretty well now.
1: Very cool, very cool. Um, I always, I did appreciate the fire effects on Johnny because mm. again they 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 couldn't really show the whole costume thing. I mean, I know they kind of went for it with the four later on where you could see the four on his chest at certain mm. times, but you, you really couldn't truly show his, his, the trunks and the pants and the boots mm. and everything. And they, they went for that classic look of when he first debuted in Fantastic Four, even back right. in Vader's where He literally was like, a they were like
0: a whole lighter, <laughs> nothing but flame, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Literally so they, a human torch.
1: Yeah. They, they went with that and they really leaned into it, but they still were able to clearly define, um, uh, that there's an actual human being underneath the fire. I think that was the right
0: choice for this movie because, and and then we'll talk about the next movie because I think by the next movie, the technology had evolved enough to the point where they could make it look realistic with some definition. Yeah. So, but in this first movie, I think maybe the technology wasn't quite there yet. So I think it was a good choice to just to play it safe and just have him, you know, look much more, like you said, much less detail on him.
1: Yeah. That, that was definitely. And plus you could even say, he's He hasn't learned to fully control his flame like that. So yeah. maybe that's why the flames are a little bit out, more out of control. I feel like Stan and Jack may have explained that at one point where before he was like on fire so much and now and then he was able to kind of harness the flame. Mm. and then we got our different the different levels of flame with Johnny. so you you could even say that with the first films, but true. Yeah. um all of the the effects when they went in space, I thought was very, very cool. Um, the flame on Johnny, obviously, we've already mentioned. Even the end battle, for as short as it was, and and all the lightning, and even with it being a little darker because they mm. loved to shoot things in the dark back then. Yeah. Um. When when they had to light things up, it was still very clear. You could tell who was who, and and the lightning effects from Victor is as still was. I don't understand why he's electro. Yeah. <laughs> but, but even the lightning effects from Victor worked really well for me. So I'm I'm an agreeance on the FX.
0: Um. And I like the costume design. I mean, yeah, I think yeah. my one criticism, of the costume that I think if you're going to go with the old school design of like the the blue and the and the really dark blue, which is probably supposed to be black, mm. I think that you should um make the blue a little bit brighter. That would be like my right. one my one critique about it. Otherwise, I thought the costumes were a really nice callback to the comics. They were really it they made sense too, right? The whole fact that these were the suits they wore into space and they helped regulate their body temperature and all that. And now they got affected by the by the cosmic radiation too. All of that made perfect sense. They found a really good in-story explanation for why they have to wear these suits.
1: Yes, they did. Um I love the the suits. I've always been a fan of the classic uh, blue and blue or even the blue and white look and the fact that, that they literally adapted that look and then didn't try to didn't try to put them in all black or put them in all leather. like right. we mentioned with X-Men and stuff and, and try to make them look too uh, make them look more modern. Or like whatever like the
0: hell they did in the Josh Trank movie, right? Those or weird what, whatever the
1: hell they did in the Josh Trank movie, exactly. <laughs> um, again, that and that might have been on story and maybe checklist even for saying, Hey, for the costumes, let let's let's really try to do the authentic ones for the comic books, the ones that everybody recognizes when they see that number four, they know mm. it's a fantastic four. So I that was a good choice as well. Because again, for marketing reasons, easily identifiable. But then also they just look great as a team when yeah. when everybody's wearing the same, same gear.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, cause that's one of the things about the, the fantastic four is more than anyone, more than any other team in Marvel. Like that team aspect is so important. So it mm-hmm. makes, so mm-hmm. all of them having like, like the X-Men, they've got, you know, unifying aspects of their design. The Avengers are just all over the place cause they're all individual <laughs> heroes, but, right. but the fantastic four, like it's, the X-Men, they can split off, they can do their own thing, but whenever the Fantastic Four kind of split off and do their own thing, it doesn't work as well. You always feel like there's something missing. Right.
1: Um, I remember reading the 2003 Human Torch book with uh, Scotty Young doing the covers back Mm -hmm. in the day. And I mean, Torch never wore his uniform. He he was all, and I forget, like he was like in his 20s and he was just doing different little story arcs and stuff. And I was reading it and I was like, I was like, I like this, but I kind of miss him being in his classic uniform. Like, wh- yeah. why can't he just wear the uniform? Like, he's human torch. Like, mm-hmm. pe- people are going to know who he is. Uh, uh, he's obviously lighting his clothes on fire and stuff and and wearing varsity jackets on the cover of the book. And so so why can't he just throw on a uniform when he's got to fight crime? Like, what's yeah. the big deal? <laughs> um,
0: those are pretty much all the things I really wanted to say about the first movie. Do you have anything else you wanted to add? Anything that we missed?
1: no uh nothing that uh, aside for the fact that i still really love this movie and the only bad parts of it is doom and the fact that they didn't do more jessica alba that, yeah. that's my whole recap well and i'd say just, also nothing just like, else away from this people that's my thought
0: <laughs> i'd say also just like the lack of a real strong story is also a right. the weakness of this film
1: so much focus on the origins and then mm-hmm. they were like oh crap we gotta fill out the rest of the runs
0: yeah exactly it's like they spend the first half dealing with the origin story and how they get their powers and how they react to their powers. And the second half, it's like, Oh shit, that's right. We're supposed to have a big battle at the end of this. Aren't we?
1: Yes. Yes. That's exactly what happened. And they do a good job with all that fleshing out, but they just took mm. too long to do it. And yeah. then there's so little time left.
0: So, yeah, I mean, I think in retrospect, it's, I don't think this is as good as the, as the sequel we're going to talk about next time. It um, is not. It's not, but it's, I think it's still better than a lot of people give it credit for
1: better than josh drink
0: it's better than josh, it's better than josh <laughs> Yeah, i mean that's a i mean like you know i'm saying on twitter that you know rise of the silver surfer is the best fantastic four movie which is not so much a commentary on the quality of that movie but is more a commentary on the lack of quality in the in the other options because we've right,
1: had the corman movie and we the had the trank corman movie.
0: movie we had the trank movie we've had this one and then we had rise of the silver surfer and of those four like these two are the best which is the bar is very low I, I will admit that although i will also say that they're not as bad as people remember them being i think
1: absolutely no i i really enjoy these films and if in some strange universe we ever get a um another multiverse and chris evans decides he wants to show up as torch or michael chiklis wants to be the thing again it's all right with me just in a multiverse thing. Don't give me a whole movie or anything like that. So it's let's, crazy. There's <laughs> one more thing I wanted
0: to mention. Um, if uh, So obviously they're doing the, the Fantastic Four movie with the MCU now. Yes, they are. Um, do you have anyone that you would want to see playing any of these characters? Oh, man.
1: We'll have to come back to that. I need to okay. think on it. <laughs> all
0: right. Well, I'll let you think on that because we're going to we're gonna, we're gonna uh, end the episode here and then okay. we're going to take a break and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the second one. The rest of you will have to wait next week to see what uh, if Kellen's got any picks for that.
1: I'll do some quick fantasy casting.
0: Yeah. Um, but uh, but why don't you tell people where they can find you?
1: You can find me at uh, hyphenuniverse.com first and foremost. That's where my website is. Uh, you'll find any of the cool stuff that I'm working on being posted there all the time. Uh, You can also follow me on Twitter at B hyphen B H Y P H E N on Facebook hyphen universe and on Instagram at the B hyphen. So come check me out. I got all kinds of things that uh, you might find interesting and, a good way to waste your time.
0: (laughs) All right, great. And uh, that does it for this episode of Superhero Cinephiles. SuperheroCinephiles.com is the website, Super Cinema Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, And remember, if you sign up for our Patreon, you get these episodes a week in advance and you also get access to the uh, superhero cinephiles book club where which I'm is talk- very
1: cool love the thank book you club. thank you
0: and um, welcome. uh yeah doing episodes about that like once or twice a month or so we're um c- talking about comic books sometimes by myself sometimes with a guest. so and you get access to that for as little as a dollar a month so please make sure to subscribe to that on the website uh and also leave us a review you review us on itunes it helps us um reach more people so thanks so much for listening and we will talk to you next time when we're talking about uh rides the silver surfer If you enjoy The Superhero Cinephiles, then you'll also love my companion podcast, The Superhero Cinephiles Book Club. All my Patreon subscribers get access to this exclusive podcast where I review superhero comics and graphic novels. Not sure what comics you want to read next or what you should dive into? I've got you covered on that. I'll be doing reviews, recommendations, and also talking to you about useful entry points if you're interested in reading some comments but don't know where you should start. Plus, you get access to all episodes of the main show a week before everyone else. On all of this, for as little as just a dollar a month, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash supercinemapod, and you can sign up at any subscription amount to get started. Thanks so much for your support, and please don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and as always, good night, good evening, God bless.